Welcome to the Grove Community Church Worship Podcast. We're a faith community seeking to change lives, change our community, and change the world. Here's this week's message. We hope you enjoy it. One of the things that obviously we saw this week were were homes just swept off their foundations and some just completely, completely destroyed. I can't imagine what that's like. We saw it here on the Gulf Coast. We saw we saw what it looks like. Uh, some of you have, have even gone to places uh, where tornadoes and hurricanes have hit, and, and you've done relief work there. I know I'm looking at a couple of you in the back who I know over the last few years you've done that, right? And you know what that looks like, and you know what it's like to be in the heat of it when there is no electricity. And it's hard to believe that it was 15 years ago, right? 15 years ago, was it yesterday or the day before that Katrina hit? It was yesterday. 15 years ago yesterday that Katrina hit. And it, and it totally obliterated parts of the Gulf Coast. And as bad as it was, obviously, in New Orleans after the flooding, it was, it was shocking how bad it was on the Mississippi Gulf Coast when we went down there and started doing some cleanup. And some of the work that we did there. It was horrible. I mean, completely wiped off blocks. You know this, right? Blocks that were on for blocks. Houses just completely gone. Like nowhere to be seen. And yet if you drive down there now, the the community's back up and going in Mississippi. You can drive along the beach road and and there's houses again. And there's newness in these these, houses. Businesses that were totally destroyed and, and had to shut down and, and, and some of them went bankrupt. They're, they're things that have revived and, and, and it's come back and it's good and new. Here's the deal. We see it a lot. When bad things happen, something good can come out of it. It's hard to understand that in the middle of it. And that's the last thing you want to say right now to someone who lost their house in Hurricane Laura. But something can happen. And it seems to me like over and over and over again, when things get bad, the best of humanity comes out. Sometimes the worst, obviously, but the best of humanity comes out. We see people stand up and and interact and and help their neighbors and reach out and do things that they normally wouldn't do. And, And through that, something new comes. It's not completely rebuilt everywhere that there has been destruction, but new birth happens. It's the same way with with trees. I don't know if you saw that, the number of trees. There was one guy interviewed yesterday that said 70% of the trees that he saw in one in, in that bottom parish down there that where the hurricane came in, he's like, it's just gone. The trees are just wiped out. And then he didn't see a single He didn't see a single electrical pole that wasn't knocked over. But what's amazing about that is given, again, another 10 years from now, and there will be new trees and new birth and new life. Destruction is horrible. And when you're in the middle of it, it's heartbreaking and heart-wrenching and hard and hot I can't imagine being in triple-digit heat index with no electricity right now. So my heart goes out to the people there, but but here's 
Here's what I want you to hear. There is always hope, even in the middle of destruction. There's always hope, even when there looks like there's nothing left. There's always the chance at new birth and new life when there seems to be everything is gone and, and everything is, is cut to the ground and dead. Even with the wildfires, by the way, in a couple of years, if you go out there uh, where the wildfires have burned, it will actually be lush and beautiful again. And all the undergrowth that calls the wildfire will be gone and it'll be beautiful again. It just takes time. And no one wants to go through the destruction to get to the new life, do they? We're going to look at a verse today that comes from Isaiah 11. And we're going to continue this, this series, Hebrew words that Christians should know. And we're going to look at a word that's a fascinating word. And it's a word that comes from, that comes from agriculture. But it comes from Isaiah 11, and we're looking at verses 1 through 5. And the, the thing about this verse is it sits in the middle of a prophecy about the destruction of Israel. We don't have time to go into the deep history of where, the, where Israel is at this point in their history. And there's even arguments about when this part of Isaiah was written and by whom it was written. And... We're no, we don't have time to get in the weeds with that, right? We're not going to do that today. So I'm just going to give you a brief synopsis of where Israel is at this time, and then we're going to move forward to see what Isaiah the prophet had to say about it. Understand that by this time, the Davidic kingdom had been split into two. There were two parts of Israel, and they were divided. And these divided parts of Israel were not only battling with one another at times, and it wasn't always battle, but friction, but then they were surrounded by countries that wanted to destroy them. Does that sound familiar, right? So Israel still sits in a place that's not very safe. So Israel was this country that was divided, it was weak, and the kings who were supposed to be following and living out the heart and the truth of God had turned their backs on God and had begun to trust in other things and worshiping other things. That also sounds familiar to me, right? And so, so you have this nation that is just kind of in shambles from what God intended it to be. And so the prophet Isaiah says that there's going to be destruction. And over and over and over again, he uses this terminology that sounds like it's a garden or a forest that has been laid to waste, been burnt and left dead. So, Mark, you're in the timber business, right? And you go in and you've got acres and acres of timber. You have to go in there and, and, and if it's good timberland, I'm assuming you get just everything right it's just all you take it all and and at that moment when your trucks roll out of there and it's done before there's planting it just looks dead it's just completely wiped away you've seen this if you've driven on any of the back roads in Alabama right or Mississippi or Georgia where you've seen this land that was once trees and then it's just barren that's kind of the picture here. Or maybe have you ever been out west after a wildfire? I have one time. Or, or Mark, again, a controlled burn, right? It's everything is laid to waste except the big trees and everything is just burned off and it's just, it's there. 
and it looks dead and it's charred and it looks like nothing's coming out of it. He uses that language to describe what Assyria was going to do to Israel. The Assyrians are going to come in and they're going to just trash you. They are going to knock everything down, cut it all down. They're going to take your vineyards and cut all of those beautiful uh, grape vines that, that produce wine and all of those, those trees that produce olives for oil. And we're, it's just going to be laid to waste, everything. Everything's going to be cut down to the, to the base, just gone and burned. Nothing left. That's always a cheery message, isn't it? <laughs> so Isaiah's like, hey, guess what, guys? God's about to come and wipe you out. He's about to Katrina you or Laura you. Sorry, Laura. He's about to lay everything to waste. There will be nothing left standing. Now, you can imagine that wasn't a very popular message, right? That wasn't what any of the kings wanted to hear, any of the people wanted to hear. So Isaiah is a prophet in a time where he's warning them about what's going to happen with Assyria and all of these other countries around them and how it's going to be destroyed. But then he comes to this verse, verses 11, uh, verse, uh, chapter 11, verses 1 through 5, and it goes on beyond this. But, but hear these words. But there shall come forth... A shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. So the picture is, everything is laid to waste. There is nothing left except maybe this one little stump that they didn't grind. And it was cut to the ground, and there was stuff falling over it, and they couldn't really see it. And it's just, it's the only thing there that has any roots left. Everything else is gone. Everything else destroyed. But this one little stump hidden beneath the undergrowth and the, and the ashes is left there. And it still has roots. So when everything looks desolate and hopeless, when everything's been wiped off the map, when there seems to be no hope, there's always hope. And from this stump, a shoot is going to come out. And out of this shoot a branch is going to grow. And that branch is going to bear fruit. Now the word branch here is netzer. N-E-S-E-R is how we would spell it, or it's pronounced N-E-T-Z-E-R, netzer. And it's used just a handful of times in the Old Testament. And it means shoot or branch with the understanding that it produces fruit. So it is a shoot that comes from something unseen, a shoot that comes from something dead. It's a shoot that, that grows out of the ground. How many of you have ever cut a crepe myrtle back and thought you killed it? And what, ha yeah, and what happens after, right? So if you're not from the South, you have no clue what I just said. The crepe myrtles, you can cut them to the ground and think you did everything, and then all of a sudden, here comes one. Or a mimosa. Oh my gosh. I hate mimosas. Every time they bloom, my allergies are like full on. I don't know if anybody else is like that. So when we first moved here, I went out there and I cut one down and I ground up and I chopped up the roots. I thought, man, we're done. Nope. 
Later that year here comes something out of the ground. I'm like, what the heck is that coming out of the ground? There's, everything was dead there. But, but I didn't kill everything to the roots. And so here comes this mimosa. Oh, I hate mimosas. Hate them. What I learned is to get rid of that thing, you have to go in and cut it to the ground. Then, because I didn't have a stump grinder, we actually had to poison the thing. We, hired, we had to Harvey Updike it. Sorry, might be too, might be too soon for some of you Auburn fans, but that's what they did. They put a, we had to put a poison on it, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, my, I think it was the same kind of poison. We had to put that poison on it to kill the roots. For it to completely go away. Because if you don't, there is a shoot that's going to come back up. A crepe myrtle, that thing's coming back up. A mimosa, it's coming back up. I don't care how low you cut it, right? That's kind of the picture here. You think you got rid of it. But God's plan is still rooted and grounded. You think it's desolate. But God's rooted and planted and there's always hope. And so he says, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. Does anybody know who Jesse is? David's father. Very good. He doesn't use the word David here, which is interesting. In part, I think, because he didn't want to, he didn't want to use imagery and bring to mind the royalty of what David meant. Because at this time, David was like, oh, he's the king of kings. He's the wealthy, he's the wealthy royal. But his father, Jesse, wasn't. His father, Jesse, was a farmer. His father, Jesse, was a simple man. And so he doesn't say out of David's greatness and power, there's going to be something that comes. But out of Jesse's humility and humbleness and his willingness to be used by God, there's going to be a shoot that comes up. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Four times the word spirit is used here to point out that this shoot that is coming up, this netzer that is going to bear fruit is infused with the spirit, that it's the work of God. So what's the point in all this? Why is Isaiah prophesying this? He's saying to the people of Israel, look, God's going to lay everything to waste. He's going to take away everything and he's going to start back at zero with the people of Israel. Because they have been disobedient, because they have not trusted in me, because they worship other things, because they've chased other gods because they've put their trust in other kings, I am laying them to waste because other kings and other idols will never be able to protect them and give them real life. So I'm going to have to cut and burn. But I'm starting over. Here's the promise for us, guys. When things look dark and broken and like it can't get any worse. When everything is destroyed and life seems to be coming apart, when our culture looks like it can't get any worse, there is always hope. God is doing something, and he's doing something 
unseen, where the roots are. He's working his roots and they're spreading and things are going on that you don't understand or can't see. And God is at work. He's never not working. God is always behind the scenes, always doing something, always preparing good work, always getting ready to bring up a new shoot. A netzer that is going to bear fruit. Again, no one wants to hear that right now if they've been through Laura. But God can do something good out of something bad. And in the case of hurricanes and wildfires, I'm not saying that God causes those. Just like God didn't cause Assyria to come in and destroy Israel. He just warned them it was happening. Because when we step outside of the will of God, we step outside of the covering and the protection of God. And when we step outside of the covering and protection of God, we're vulnerable. And so God sent Isaiah and said, look, Israel, you've stepped out of my, under my protection, and I'm just warning you what's going on. And when, when that happens, then understand I'm going to be there to clean it up. Again, I'm not saying that, that God wanted destruction to happen. I'm not saying that God causes that. What I'm saying is that God looks at it and says, but I can heal it. If you just trust in me. When things look broken and destroyed and like nothing can come out of it, God's at work in the soil doing things that we can't see. And it's supernatural. His spirit is at work. Then he says this, verse 3, talking about this branch. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what he sees, what his eyes see, or decide disputes by what he hears, what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide the equity of the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be his belt of his waist. And faithfulness the belt of his loins. What he's saying is, look, God's about to bring up a shoot. He's bringing someone that's going to do the work of God. And I would add that this word for belt, used twice here, can mean one of two things. The literal belt that the men would wear to when they would hike up their, their gown down here, they would tuck it in the belt, right? Or they would bring it up like shorts and tuck it in the belt so they could get to work, so that they could work and run. That belt. Hold, holds everything together. What he's saying is God's justice and his truth is going to hold it all together. But the other thing that that belt can mean is your underwear. It can mean your underwear. Everything that holds it all together, the most intimate thing. And so what he's saying is that this person that's coming, this shoot, this branch... Is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and righteousness and faithfulness is going to hold everything that they do together. It's going to be the core of who this person is. Now, when Isaiah spoke these words, they thought it meant a king was coming, a new king was coming, a different kind of king, a kind of king that they haven't seen in years. But we know it means someone else, don't we? This is one of the messianic prophecies of Isaiah. 
And how do I know that? Because the word netzer is the root word for Nazareth. Isn't that interesting? Nazareth. The good-for-nothing backwoods town at the edge. Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. It's just laid to waste. It's the place no one wants to go. It was Katrina. I mean, it was, it was New Orleans after Katrina, right? It was the Louisiana Gulf Coast after Laura. Hot, humid, sticky, nasty, nothing coming in and nothing going out. Complete destruction. No one wanted anything to do with Nazareth. But out of Nazareth came a shoot, a branch that produced fruit. And what was that fruit? The Holy Spirit and righteousness and faithfulness. Netzer, branch, shoot, the thing that produces fruit. We know that that was Jesus and that he came to bring all of that. So how does this apply to us? If this is a prophecy in Isaiah and it wasn't about a king, but it was about Jesus, what does this have to do with us? How do we take what we've learned here and what's the significance for us today? Here's what it is. Guys, over and over and over again, this world is going to throw destruction at us. Over and over again, we're going to look at the world around us and our culture and go, can it get worse? And the answer is, well, yeah, it can. And hold on, it just might. Because Satan's going to say, hold my beer. It's about to get real again. There's always going to be destruction. There's always going to be desolation. There's going to always be times in our lives personally and as in our nation and, and, and for Christians all around this world where it looks like it can't get any worse. Like everything is laid to waste and nothing can get better. And by the way, China felt that at one point. And as China started opening up again and they started, they, they started taking deeper looks, they realized that what they thought that they had snuffed out in Christianity was really underground growing and spreading and, and mounting a movement. The roots were still there and they were spreading quickly and shoots were coming up everywhere. And by the way, do you know that right now Cuba is one of the fastest growing churches in the world? And it's still illegal in many ways. But it's happening underground. So Fidel thought he could cut it all off. And for years, the Communist Party, they thought they could just keep it all down. And in the worst of those situations, in the worst places in the world, in Africa where Christians are being literally hacked to death for being Christian, there is still something happening underneath the ground. Guys, no matter how bad life feels, no matter how bad it gets, no matter what destruction we go, to, go through, there's always hope because our hope is rooted in and connected to the one true life-giving root, the one true life-giving vine. Christ is our shoot. He is our branch, and we are his fruit. And no matter how bad it gets, no matter how many times they try to kill us, no matter how many times they try to whack us down, no matter what goes on in this world, 
God is always bigger. And he's always at work. He's always got a new shoe. God is a mimosa. He's a great myrtle. He ain't going away. Netzer, branch, shoot, that produces fruit. So I don't know about you, but when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling like things can't get worse, trust that there's a God at work. And that he's bringing new life. And let me close with saying this. Maybe for you, maybe you need to do some pruning. That's what I took from this lesson this week. Holy smokes, God. Maybe you need to do some pruning. Maybe, maybe a controlled burn needs to happen in my life. To clean it up. To get out all that's not of you so that I can produce better fruit. Maybe that's true for you. It is for me. I hope this message was meaningful and powerful to you. But I also hope that it was challenging. And as always, don't just hear it. Put it into action. Until next week, have a great one.